Tonight on the How To Hobby Podcast, we continue our deep dive into the world of cooking as we bring you through our top tool list of 2023. It covers everything that we think you need to get going and get yourself passionate about the world of cooking. And if you wouldn't mind, wherever you're digesting this podcast, make sure to leave us a five-star review and follow us. Thanks a lot and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the How To Hobby Podcast. I'm your host, John Power, joined tonight by the man, the myth, the legend, Sean Bennett, in the flesh. We are here to bring you some content and cheer as we always do. Happy Friday to all you listeners out there. That is when we drop these episodes. We hope you're listening on a Friday. That would be lovely and celebrate with us uh, moving into the weekend but tonight we're excited to be bringing you some content that we think you're going to enjoy it's all about the tools we use every single day we're kind of piggybacking after on last week's episode we were talking about food and we got really excited about the food we're eating in 2023 But tonight, we're going to be talking about the tools we're using to to make that food. And if we have time, we're going to be diving into how to maintain the tools in our various hobbies. The the hobby quiver is is brimming with with new artillery. You like that, Sean? Artillery shells in the quiver. (laughs) Artillery shells in the quiver. The most dangerous quiver in existence. That's right. You can barely you can barely pull it out. It's so heavy. So, yeah, man. Welcome to the show. How how are we how are we feeling tonight? We're we're gonna get into some fun stuff this evening. I think we're both thrilled. I I know I am. I think you are. We spent quite a bit of time going through planning for this episode, and every time we'd come up with a new topic, we just got more and more excited. It was funny to watch. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm good. Um, you know, still live in that trying to get a job realm. So we're working on it. Uh, but overall just, just feeling really good. And, and, uh, yeah, I'm pretty tired. So I'm going to use some of the tools of what we talked about a couple episodes ago. I'm going to focus on getting some really good sleep tonight and, uh, hopefully be able to okay. tackle the day tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely need, uh, you need sleep. Yep. Most definitely. It's been a, a couple of days with a lot going on. So I need to take some time relax for an hour before we go to bed try and you know chill out and then uh, hopefully get some good sleep tonight ah well maybe we'll dive into that in in future episodes because sleep is another one of our core building blocks that we need to we need to let the listeners know and you got all the tools at your disposal these days so yeah no that's that's great to hear man keep the sleep up i know i'm also trying to focus on my sleep this year it, it's something that can get away from you, especially when you're editing podcasts and just being a maniac out there, a birthday maniac yep. and, and getting crazy. You gotta, you gotta rein it in. So sleep, here we come. I'm, I'm interested. Social media tonight, folks, is something we're going to be diving into. We, we can't spend any more time with the chit chat. We got to get right into the social media. It's everybody's favorite topic, right, Sean? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> We are stoked to be a part of this community that we're building, the How To Hobby platform. 
and we want you to be as well. So if you want to get in touch with us, please feel free to reach out to us directly at our Gmail. It's a direct connect, listeners. Howtohobbypodcast at gmail.com. You can get right into Sean's phone. Not mine, but Sean's. And my goodness, it just brings a smile to our face when we get when we get little insight into what you guys are going having go on in your lives. So please use this platform as a as a forum. We want to hear from you. We want to talk to you about these these things we love to do. We're all just engineers at heart or nerdy little fanboys of hobbies. <laughs> Somewhere in between maybe. But this is this is where you can get in touch with us directly. We really appreciate it. Any feedback. Additionally, we love to get a five-star review from you wherever you're digesting this podcast content. So whether it be Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Play, give us a give us a like, give us a five-star review, and follow us so that you can get more and more of our content more regularly. Uh, we do have a, a, a wonderful website. We were just talking about how we're going to be dropping some more blog posts this year about things we have going on and how we're interacting with our hobbies to be more intimate with you guys. So howtohobbypodcast.com is where you can get us there. We do have as well an Instagram and a Twitter at howtohobbypodcast, and those are in work, okay? It's it's a little dicey out there. You got to kind of you, you cross through the the road work sign and and th- and there's our uh Twitter and Instagram, but we're we're going to be making our way to be more active on those as well. So without further ado, listeners, we're going to dive into it. Tonight, it's going to be all about cooking and hiking, the tools we use, and we're going to be, it's going to be simple. We're going to talk through our current favorites, our current wants, and our all-time favorite tools. It's all about the tools tonight, so if you're a tool nerd, turn up the volume, or maybe turn it down if I'm too loud, but Sean, cooking. Let's yeah, let's get into it. So let's get into it. You know, like like you said, we're really going to be focusing on the current favorites, like what is currently in our heads, current favorites and wants, because we know that we've talked about these hobbies before and some of the tools that we've used, but it's really important that to stay up to date on some current tools, some new things that are coming out, but also you know, maybe it's a tool you've had for a while and now it's your current favorite. It's important to like focus on those things. You know, it's important hobbies change all the time. You know, it's it's easy to kind of not notice that because you're, oh, I got this new thing, got this new thing and you're just getting really excited about it. But it's important to kind of sit back and go, oh man, it's so cool how in the last year, you know, my my favorite tools have changed, the tools I use the most often, the ones I've vetted too, because I think that's also a really good way you know, sometimes you go out and you're like, oh, I have to have this one new thing. And then you realize I didn't at all and I don't use it anymore and it needs to go, you know, in the, the background. So um, that's really what we're focused on tonight. Some of the new stuff that it, we've been doing. Is the background uh, the trash can or yes. is that? <laughs> or or the eBay or the Facebook marketplace, you know, I mean, we got to get our money back somehow. That's, but That's right. Yeah, I, I want to hear about those. That's Is that like the, <laughs> that's like the after hours podcast? Yeah, that, all exactly. The... All the yeah, trash. <laughs> All of the things we realized we absolutely did not need, but of course, you know. We had uh, to get. YouTube, the YouTube videos are telling me I absolutely had to have it. You can't succeed in life. You don't have this one thing. And then you buy it and you realize this is awful. I shouldn't have spent my money on this. Uh, but that never yeah. happens, of course. Never. No, no, that never. doesn't happen to us. We're we're absolute <laughs> machines. 
Oh yeah, no, we definitely don't make mistakes. That's a lie. Optimal consumer. <laughs> That's what I call you, Sean. I'm like Sean, the optimal consumer. Yep, exactly. It, it's it's a great lesson in learning how to to trust different YouTube channels uh, and trying to sell their equipment versus maybe some others. So, but that could be an after hour show. We'll definitely talk about that. Maybe we'll have a couple of podcasts of some hilarious fails we've had of buying things we didn't need. Um, but yeah, so jumping straight in. Something that has been a huge favorite of mine lately and something that is I'm driving my family crazy because I'm using it all the time. Uh, I'm like finding any <laughs> excuse I possibly can just make, you know, any sort of I made zucchini the other night in it because I was like, man, I think I can. I was just I'm finding any reason to use it. And that is my 10 inch cast iron skillet. Oh, I know. I know we've talked about cast iron before, but this has become dare I say obsession? Sean, Sean, let me just preface this listeners. Sean is not kidding. I mean, he texted me the other day, <laughs> first thing in the morning. And you know what he said? I just had to run out and grab this book all about how to cook in a cast iron. Yep. And I'm like, Sean, it's six 30. Why, why are you trying to wake me up? I mean, he didn't cause I turned my phone off, but I mean, it was first thing. I was like, this guy is on mm -hmm. it with the cast iron. Yeah, well, I ran I ran to Barnes and Noble. I was getting tired of kind of like what we had actually alluded to a few minutes ago. When if, if you sometimes Google like I'm looking for you know cast iron skillet recipes, it's such a wide array of random people trying to give you stuff that I really wanted one single source that I could go to to give me consistent data. And so I went to my local Barnes and Noble and picked up a I swear it's a textbook. It's like 350 pages. I saw uh, it, man. It's massive, but it's a how-to guide on cooking in cast iron. And I don't have a cast iron, you know, Dutch oven. We'll talk about that maybe one of our current ones. But, uh, you know, I just have this cast iron skillet. But the, the breadth of things that you can make in this, I've been really, really enjoying doing the protein styles, doing the the bacons, the eggs. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, turkey. Uh, it's just been really fun to make that in the cast iron. It's it's difficult because you know you're kind of learning as you go trying to figure out what temps are good um i i completely destroyed a whole batch of pancakes because i couldn't figure out the right temp i had the pan too hot and i kept burning everything and it was it was awful but the the reason that this is a current favorite of mine is it is every time i cook with it because i'm new to it every time i cook with it is an experiment you know, I'm trying mm. something new today. I'm trying a new oil. I'm going to try butter instead of doing an actual oil. And it's been an amazing experiment to see, can I push myself to try new things? Can I research this? Can I go out and buy a book and find some really, really good, you know, guides and recipes? You know, I'm, I'm mainly sticking with the breakfast foods because that's my favorite food, but I really want to get into making some of the desserts some breads, some pizza crusts. There's a lot of things you can do with cast iron. So uh, it is just at the top of my current favorites right now. Oh, I love it, Sean. And I think, I mean, I'm just going to just cheer you right along here on this product because ever since I dove into this, this is actually probably 2019, 2020 for me. No, yeah, I think it was 2019. I ended up getting my my first one. And yeah, 10 inch and just did not look back. I mean, and it's funny because it was one of those products where we, we talk about the background. At first, I didn't really quite know what to do with it. I sort of <laughs> just looked at it and was like, what do I? And then 
Because when you first get a Lodge cast iron skillet, which I did, listeners, it's a little overwhelming because it comes and it's like, quote unquote, pre-seasoned, but it's a little weird because it's, it's cast awful. iron. It's awful. That's <laughs> it's a good awful. way to put And And I didn't, until I got Food Lab, so I probably got the product itself maybe a year prior to like really understanding what to do. Mm-hmm. And I read Kenji Lopez Alt's spiel on the on how to season a cast iron skillet and that's what i did mm-hmm. and i think i had started i definitely was excited enough to like start using it but i i definitely wasn't using it as effectively or consistently as i am now in my cooking when i first got it which is to be expected yep yep it's um, a learning process yep you got to learn how to use the product and what makes it tick and so but yeah originally i mean did you remember sean when you just got it and the first couple things you cooked <laughs> all had like black dust on it it was and it fr- just it was horrible it, it freaked you out hor- like it freaked yeah. me out man i, I was, was like, like is this, this- good <laughs> i was thinking the same thing it was it didn't look right i was over burning everything or i made the class mistake of not letting the pan warm up enough and then i dropped eggs into it and it turned into like i swear as concrete that just glued itself to the surface of this pan because the pan was basically cold when I dropped the protein. Oh, yeah. And then it heated up. And so it just created this horrific layer of, you know, it was not it was not good. That was a pain to clean. Yeah, because you especially when you don't have a a layer of seasoning built up, there's mm -hmm. a it's it is a a stick surface. There's there's the nonstick treatment. This is the (laughs) stick surface yes, treatment everything sticks to it and if you use it enough and you maintain it then... well you can get that good layer of seasoning built up and and then you can get into that real non-stick realm and what i think is so cool about cast iron there's so many benefits to cast iron for i mean if you're iron deficient it gives you some iron so they're actually showing that the some of the iron is actually imbued into the food not enough to fix an iron deficiency but it can help wow uh, yeah that's really cool stuff i've looked into um they're basically indestructible so as long as you take care of them i mean i've watched videos <laughs> on youtube of people who who are using their great great grandparents cast iron pants they're over 100 years old and they're still cooking great in them i mean they they last forever they don't have all of the chemicals that a non-stick pans do now all of the teflon coating and the ceramic coating and a lot of that stuff that is showing to not be super good for us um yeah you know but you know it's, it can go in the oven you can put it back on the burner but in the oven it's super versatile i it's it's fun um but I, I really like it because there's something about it that kind of calls to the old school way of cooking. You know, you're not using all this new, quote, newfangled tech, you know, that all the, the new kids have nowadays. It's old school cooking. It's how cowboys cooked. It's how it's, these are the pans, you know, that were used to just when this country was first being started. That's right. And that is so amazing to be able to use a tool that has been around for so long and has really led to us being able to survive to where we are nowadays without these tools that we couldn't have done that. So it, it kind of calls back to, you know, your ancestors a little bit when you cook. Totally. Well, and again, talking about that robustness, the reliability of the, of the tool we're talking about here. I mean, this thing, you can literally have this thing on heat for eternity and it will not. So, and, and Sean and I have already talked, like I throw this, this is part of my, car camping setup 
Mm-hmm. When I am going car camping, I throw the 10 inch cast iron skillet in the back because I know I can just literally throw it in the back. If it gets dirty, wipe it off with some, you know, paper towels before using it, throw it on the fire or your camping stove setup. Mm-hmm. You've got a robust platform all weekend long and you're not worried about it getting damaged in a more extreme environment. That's huge. I mean, this is and it and actually lends itself very well to my current favorite tool as well which is the fish spatula and and you can't use with a lot of the non-stick stuff the teflon that Sean was talking about you can't use a fish spatula a metal fish spatula and that's what so what designates it as a sp- fish spatula is it's a thin piece of metal I think either aluminum or carbon steel. Um, I'm not sure on that, Sean. Do you, do you know? It, I think it is usually aluminum. Yeah. I have so, a couple. I bought some cheap versions. I think the ones that you have is a little bit Ah, uh, yes. Robust. So mine is, <laughs> mine is saying the, the one I'm going to recommend listeners is stainless steel. So, but regardless, yes, they come in a, a number of, you can get the aluminum, you can get the more robust ones. And again, the one I'm going to recommend is like 40 bucks it's not even expensive like in the grand scheme it's not Mm -hmm. but the tool will be with me for eternity to go right along with sean's favorite and gosh i used it tonight i used actually both the cast iron and the fish spatula tonight i'm getting a little a little crazy here i had like (laughs) i had three pots three pans going at the same time tonight (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I've been going ham, Sean. Uh, tonight it was, we got about, we got to talk about dinner and what we were, what we were having Mm -hmm. tonight. Tonight was my new favorite that I've just kind of, I've been toying with the Trinity. So I've been toying with the, the Trinities of various kinds. This one is the red bell pepper, yellow or white onion and celery. Ooh. And you saute that first. Then you add in some garlic and then uh, with this one, I put, then I do a whole cabbage, bag of cabbage on top, uh, season all of this season with salt and pepper. And then you do a, a sausage um, and, and or some other carb on the side. So a sausage on top, and then you can do either like a rice or uh, like, like a starch, like a potato or something inside of that as like the base layer and mm-hmm. or some chips for a crunch. Anyway, uh it's been uh it's been something I've been enjoying. I think also cabbage I've been looking into like things that are more they're like cheaper but still sustainable like with the right combination of things it it still tastes very full mm-hmm. and and full of flavor. So you're getting your veggies, you know, you're getting your starch you're getting your protein with the sausage and it just it just tastes real good it sounds like it it would be really really good um and and it sounds like it's a robust simpleness you know you're Ah, not getting crazy extravagant but it still sounds like really robust flavor still really interesting to eat you know but you're not needing a thousand pots and pans to cook it and trying to juggle everything at once yeah well that was that was for my kids my kids uh stuff 
They have to. Mm-hmm. They had egg sandwiches tonight. My kids do. They're, they're the veggies and kids not working out too well. So, no. uh, yeah. If any listeners out there have some tips and tricks to get kids to eat food, vegetables, um, other than just carbs, that'd be great. <laughs> I'd I'd really appreciate that. So the the Lampson fish spatula was used, and again, I I think the key for me is. It's a sturdy platform. I can use it for anything, eggs, breakfast, you know, meats, obviously fish. It's very delicate. Like it, it's robust enough and delicate enough to use on a wide array of of cooking. And I, it's one of those things, the same thing. It goes right in the in the car camping kit. Like I bring, mm-hmm. that's my one spatula. If I'm going to pick one, it's that one. So any experience with the fish spatula? I have a couple of cheaper ones that I bought at one of the local Asian stores. Uh, I can't remember which one, whether there's a Mitsua or I can't remember the other one. Um, They're kind of cheaper. I think they were about, they were less than 10 bucks each. Like they have plastic handles. Um, What I struggle with is like, what I really like about the one that you have is it's more of just a straight spatula so that you can control the angle the ones that I have are straight and they, uh, have a, they have a lip at the end, which I find incredibly frustrating because it tends to grip almost yeah. everything that I use. And so I'm having to like the angle is just <laughs> it's awful on it and it's it grabs everything. I have a hard time flipping almost anything with it. So they're really nice because they are that flexible. So it does give me that kind of ability to move around stuff but that little lip on the end i don't like so i really like the ones that you have that seem like they're just a straight shot down that's right and well and i'm glad i'm glad you mentioned that because this is one that was recommended by i read this in kitchen confidential and he had Mm -hmm. a tools drop down anthony bourdain's book and this was one he said a good fish spatula he had a couple like you must have this type of things and Mm -hmm. this was one of them and he but he recommended this and it's so the thing that I'm really impressed by Lampson, they're since 19 or 1837 they've been in business and it, and they're built in the USA, you know, riveted walnut handle uh, you know, the, obviously the stainless steel spatula portion, but then they offer a lifetime warranty. So I get I, I like Ooh. in my mind, I just think that is a level and it's not that expensive. Again, you're talking about 40 bucks one mm-hmm. time and that's where i'm at in life sean i just want to spend i want to buy once cry once mm-hmm. and and that's this this has been a product that i so i'll link this in the we'll link our various things down the show notes for you guys so you can dive into especially the the things that we love love but we'll keep going on this one i think we've talked about the 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 beauty of the lamps and enough yes yes I, I i will look into it more it's something that i i don't have a, a tool that i do have that i've been using a lot lately uh and happens to be kind of popular right now in in the the media is uh, i actually went to costco and got an air fryer oh uh, and it's been nice i'll admit it's been nice i i think it's a little hyped up because it's really just a convection oven so if you have a convection oven it's basically the same thing we don't have an oven that does convection here so i don't have that capability to have the movement of air so the air fryer 
gives us the ability to one also not have to cook as many dishes because you can kind of do is pretty versatile. So sometimes when I'm just lazy and I just want some chicken nuggets and some chips or some fries, it's really easy to just do that in the, the air fryer. Um, but it's also nice because it has all of the temperature and time settings built in so that you it's more almost like a set it, forget it. Not quite because you want to make sure you're not burning your food, but it's a lot easier to cook with. Uh, we've been doing brats in it a lot lately where instead of going to the grill, uh, you know, you boil the brats uh, is how we do it. And then you throw them in the air fryer, turn it on, and it crisps the outside skin into this crispy uh, crunch when you go to bite into the the bratwurst. It's so good. So I, I've been really digging the air fryer. Um it is kind of obnoxious you find somewhere for it to go on the counter. It's kind of one of the reasons it's I think it's hyped, hyped up a little bit because they're gigantic. Uh, but it has been really nice uh, to have, especially when you're trying to do just a quick meal, maybe some snack, just you know, cook some French fries or something like that. So it is in my current favorites because it's so versatile right now. And it's allowing me to try a bunch of different things that I wouldn't really have been able to do beforehand. No, that's wonderful. I I'm interested in both the air fryer. Uh, I think I'm more interested in the instant pot mm-hmm. for myself uh, because it's like a futuristic pressure cooker. And I just know that pressure cookers in general are like a chef's best friend because of the mm-hmm. amount of time efficiency they give you. And I just yep. have never even, I, I've never, I, instant pot seems good for me because I've never done the pressure cooker and I probably would blow something up knowing me and, so, uh, yeah, these are, I don't have an air fryer, Sean, but I definitely think both I've seen a lot on online about them being, mm-hmm. being a hit. Yeah. They are hip right now. It's the thing that a lot of people are using. So I, I think that the instant pot is more versatile because it has you, most of them nowadays, there's even the, the standard models comes with you know you could do sauteing with it you could do soups uh yogurts it does um, everything <laughs> it, it does it's basically an entire kitchen in one little tool so i would say more bang for your buck would be the instant pot but we had an instant pot we actually never used it we actually sold it to buy the air fryer so, really yeah oh wow okay all right i wonder I'm, i need to hear more about why this uh why why the swap why the swap ski we uh it's just I, you, so is it one of those that it just it was fading to the background it just kind of you know it was also big and so okay. the only cabinet we had was above the fridge and so it kind of fell into this moment of out of sight out of mind it also was kind of a pain to clean on a constant mm. basis because after you cook you have to clean so many crevices that I just got kind of over it pretty quickly. I really think I I I think it would be fun to do things like make your own chicken stocks and making your soups and things like that. Um, we tried doing some curry based meals, and then the whole thing just smelled like curry for like six months. So uh, I think it wasn't necessarily a product of the product itself. I think we just kind of lost the passion for it you screwed it up sean i know we did (laughs) and then we you know we actually ended up selling it for a pretty decent price on facebook marketplace and then 
use that to buy the air fryer. So okay, uh, which we which we have used a lot more. So okay, uh, well that's I think we put the money to good use. Yeah, I mean, I again, it's all about like everybody's experience is going to be different with with these various mm-hmm. tools. So yep. I, I love the the diversity here in the Bennett household. Um, <laughs> I. I'll finish up with my current, my last favorite here. Uh, this one is actually the microplane. And I will also link this in the uh, in the show notes. It's another bang for your buck. I mean, this thing is like, right now they're doing a sale. I think they're between 15 and, they range between 15 and $30. I just have the classic Zester grader. I mean, it's like this standard mm-hmm. microplane. But this thing is a workhorse. I mean, I use it every week, every practic multiple times a week. It is if you need zest of any type, and I mean any type. Like if I need garlic, fresh raw garlic that's minced, I don't use the mincer machine. I Ooh. use I use the microplane. Really? And, oh yeah, no, I don't. I don't even have a, a mincer machine. I either cut it with the knife and smash it like like if i need like a paste mm-hmm. or i use the microplane if i just need a quick so like a lot of because the thing is a lot of my recipes that are garlic not even garlic forward like a lot of the cooks that i i am interested in they'll recommend they'll be like a standard is like four cloves of garlic like mm-hmm. four full cloves so i just find it's super simple to just have it right over the meal zest it right on in you got a really fine paste you know let it mince make its way into the flavor for about a minute over the heat and yeah i mean i it's been a it's been a game changer because again i'm you're illuminating one tool i think yeah yeah in, in my mind one of the tools that i just don't really understand because it's so hard to clean and so annoying is the garlic mincer mm-hmm. it's only got one use it's a pain in the butt to clean. It's a I, exactly. I and, hate I hate cleaning mine. It's one of the reasons really I use jarred minced garlic because I just don't want to go through the effort required to to clean it and do the work. It's fading to the background, man. Mm-hmm. Might might be uh hitting that trash trash can here soon. We we never know. <laughs> Maybe I'll convert you. But the microplane, the thing oh, okay, so and then on top the combination, right? So not only do one of my favorite things to do is in most dishes where garlic is needed and acid is needed too. Mm-hmm. So I will actually uh, on top of the garlic, then at the end do some lemon zest. Like I'll zest the lemon with the microplane and then do lemon juice over the top. Mm-hmm. And dude, it's just see that, that that's, freshness for me, you know, doing the lemon, the lime, that's usually what I use microplane for or doing um oh i can't remember the spice that goes in pumpkin pie um we would do nutmeg. Use, nutmeg nutmeg we'd use a microplane for that too but generally it's it's just for me of using on limes and lemons so now i need to try and figure out how to use it on garlic i didn't even know that you could do that so you have just <laughs> taught me to. something super It'll cut nice. anything that thing is a that that's the beauty of the microplane listeners mm-hmm. is it's like stainless steel that thing is sharp. I mean, it'll get you, and it is easy to clean. If the the key, though, let me just up front. As soon as I am finished mincing or zesting, I usually run water over it right away because mm-hmm. the fresher it, the fresher everything is on there, it just rinses right out. So that's my key. That's my key tip of the night. 
um, with with the with the microplane. That'll change your because if you wait too long, if you wait an, a whole day, oh, it's gonna be hard to clean because it's all mm-hmm. stuck on there. That that's with everything. Every tool that I use when cooking, I have learned as soon as you're done with it. Obviously, if it's a hot pan, let it cool so you don't warp it. But as soon as you physically can, at minimum, rinse it. Oh, rinse yeah. the food particles off because once they dry, it's horrendous to clean afterwards. So I, I'm always, always, as soon as I can, rinsing everything. Sometimes even before I sit down to eat because oh, yeah. I'm like, no, I don't want this to dry on here. You gotta, you gotta treat yourself with respect. All right, Sean. So let's, let's we've talked about our favorites. Hopefully, listeners, you're you can relate and or have have other favorites that you can share with us at our Gmail. But what are some of the current wants that you have on your list today? Absolute top of my top of wants. And it's not even really that expensive. So I don't, I think for me, it's just the space of finding somewhere to store it is the only reason they haven't purchased one yet. I want a full cast iron, not ceramic coated, not, not, I want full cast iron campfire Dutch oven. Uh, we'll provide a link in the show notes to what I'm I'm thinking. It's the Lodge Lodge cast iron, you know, six quart, the the cast iron camp Dutch oven. Because to me, I really want to try cooking over open fire. Like there's, it's cool doing the uh, the skillet in the kitchen. You know, I have electric stoves, doing electric stove, but I really want to try cooking over old school campfire oven. You know. Um, uh, open fire. So I want to get one of these Dutch ovens because I really want to do a soup, like a really hearty, maybe even a chili or super something and do it over an open flame in my backyard, take some potatoes, wrap them in foil, throw them in the coals. I just, there's something this... about wanting to, to make that meal. And, that and this is, me. this is a big boy. I mean, we're talking, mm-hmm. this is like not a small apparatus. Sean is going to, gonna throw this over his shoulder and just the six quart that i want which mind you they go up to 10 quart the six quart is 18 pounds just for the (laughs) (laughs) so this is a it's a big deal i mean they're 10 quart let's just break your break your uh your cabinetry that's how the 10 quart is 26 pounds so this is a no joke tool and that's honestly the only reason i haven't bought it yet because i don't know where i would put it because it's it's pretty big. I mean, it's like 13, 14 inches across is the size substantial. I want. Substantial. Substantial. But the things that you can cook in there, it's so versatile of how many things you can cook in it. Um, I just, I really want one. It's at the top of my cooking want list right now. You know, I have to second with Sean here, listeners. I was trying to play devil's advocate, but uh, man, the Dutch oven just seems, I just see so much uh, online regarding it i now i am i will say i'm not looking to get the the six pound behemoth that sean is getting I'm, i'll be okay with just a standard um i don't know i think what is, what is enamel i think it, it's not cast yep. iron no, it, no yeah the enamel on it yeah I'd, I'd be fine with something like a cuisinart i mean i think with this a dutch oven is kind of like a dutch oven in my mind this is just my view on it so far i don't know enough but I think the key is it's something that can take heat for a long amount of time, develop mm-hmm. flavor. Yeah, like those hearty, rich stews that you're talking about, really break down some veggies. I saw a masterclass on 
how to make a really nice, uh, it was some pork, like it was like a pork dish with like a mole and everything, but she mm-hmm. did it all in the Dutch oven. I just thought, oh, wow, that's so amazing. So you'd like, you'd braise the pork inside of it and then take that off and then throw everything else in there to like make the stew and the mole part. And then you throw mm-hmm. the, throw the, the meat back in. So it just seems like there's so much, you can do a lot with it. And that mm-hmm. is the key to something sticking around in my kitchen. I just want as many things that can be multi-purpose. And since I love the cast iron so much, this is another one that falls in that family where it's it's a heavy, it can take a lot of heat mm-hmm. and main and retain it, but also like it's evenly distributed, right? And that's what we're looking for, listeners. We want the heat to come and hit the food at an equal, not not anything, any one point is gonna be like burning your chicken or uh, yeah, as as one example. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know for instance, just going back, like the Dutch oven and the cast iron skillet, the, you can, you can sear on these like over a flame, but then throw it in the oven and Mm -hmm. it just makes them so like, I do that all the time, especially with something like, um, chicken thighs, Sean. I I think I've talked about my love bone in chicken thigh. It can be a bear for some cooks. And the reason why I like to argue is because they're not willing to actually let let it cook because you can you can get yourself in trouble if you don't cook chicken thigh. My mm-hmm. buddy oh, had yeah. it happen, and it let's just say it was not a good night for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but key success, listeners. One, giving it time. I mean, I'm talking. I do five minutes each side, maybe a little bit more, maybe five to six minutes each side. Let it get nice. That's the searing process over like medium to high heat. Mm-hmm. And then I'll throw them in the oven for another 10 minutes, if not more. I mean, it takes a decent amount of time. Oh, yeah. But- With the bone-in thighs, like, because I'm I'm not searing them, but alone, it's a good 30 to 45 minutes yeah, in yeah. the oven to, to make sure that it's fully cooked. But, but yeah, I, I actually haven't tried the searing because generally when I'm cooking, I'm cooking for a good amount of people. And... Uh, so we do like massive amounts of chicken thighs because we're also making less stuff for leftovers. And that's just yeah. how my family's always worked. Um, but I think the next time I decide to like cook for myself or maybe one other, I'll try doing the the reverse sear on the, the meat. Yeah, definitely. Let me know what you think. I mean, it's great because the beauty of the chicken thigh is it still stays so juicy mm-hmm. compared to like, you got to be so careful with, with just boneless chicken. <laughs> Like a chicken breast, it's it's completely different. It's like four minutes, and you're I careful hate. on that second four minutes. You're like, ah, oh, <laughs> I don't I don't want it to get dry. Mm-hmm. I but- hate cooking. I hate cooking chicken breast. I love doing chicken thigh because you can you can also get chicken thigh to like two hundred degrees and it'll still oh, yeah. be as juicy as yeah, like- you know because one sixty five is safe. One eighty is like recommended for it to be really good coming off the bone. I've I've temperature checked my chicken up to like two hundred five two hundred six because I just cooked it longer. Still absolutely beautiful. Uh, it's it's great. I I'm usually between. 170 185 when it comes out of the oven and yep, it, that's, that's usually my, my goal sweet the spot only, only time it's ever been higher is i honestly forgot about it and i got distracted <laughs> and it was still good <laughs> so it just kept going but uh that was actually one of the reasons that i started focusing on chicken thigh was uh samin 
uh, that came out with Assault Fight Acid Heat, she recommended on her podcast, if you are afraid of cooking chicken, start with chicken thigh because you cannot overcook them. You can cook them oh, just an hour longer than you're supposed to and they'll still turn out pretty good. So so she recommends with chicken thigh because you just, you're just you worried about undercooking it, just overcook it. It'll still be good. No, it's it's great. I, I think that's a great tip, listeners. And, you know, use your olive oil too. Mm-hmm. So let's uh let's dive in here to another want. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk through one. I actually want an apparatus. Sean has the air fryer. I want a, a, a similar appliance. Uh, a Vitamix has been on my list for I think a year now. It's been on my want list. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're not we're it's, not making much progress on it but it, no, they're but expensive they're expensive they're they are expensive my dad bought one a few years ago uh because it was on sale at costco i think it was still close to 300 dollars for it I, you know but that was with a hundred dollars off wow. at costco yeah i mean they're crazy expensive he really really likes it um, oh you can make soups in it i mean he's made salt he just made salsa the the other day like he loves loves his vitamix it's a great investment yeah, and that's the thing. I've seen I have a ninja right now mm-hmm. and I don't really use it. I mean it I use it when I'm gonna make like a, a smoothie or something, but I just feel like I wanna and, and maybe this that part of the reason why I haven't bought the Vitamix is I still have that in the background. Yeah. But it's like I guess it's one of those things where it's in the background, like you said, that's so ironic. It's in the background and I'm not inspired to use it. But yeah. I know if I were to get a Vitamix and and let go of the we'd have to let go of then the um Ninja, I I'd be inspired to to use it more. And I think, you know, it'd be more of a mainstay with where I'm at now. Cause I got mm-hmm. that when I was in college and it was kind of like, you know, the protein shake maker machine. Yep. And I I mean it's fine. It does its job, but I think I I've tried some stuff. Maybe I just need to give it a go with that. And I mean, that's part of it too. I think maybe sometimes try some new techniques out with, with what you have and then Mm -hmm. see if it'd be something you're willing to dive into. But I know that Vitamix is like, it's just great. I mean, I don't know if you can get, everybody recommends it. I don't know if you can get a better mince and that's what I'm really going for. I want creamy textures. Like I want to make stuff like, like, split pea soup and uh you know like cauliflower puree and and just you know things that are different that i don't i don't normally have that texture profile on my plate mm-hmm. it's and super I, super smooth yeah and i'd like to start diving into that more of like the saucy side of things slash that more liquidy profile so mm-hmm. anyway that's part of my my want for the vitamix hey you know Maybe this year we'll see. Maybe 2023. Who knows? Could be could be the good good Vitamix year. I I I think that it's it's important to have those ones. I've also had a Ninja. Um, they're okay, but the Vitamix is better. Okay. Um, the the key is just you know you, you it's a big upfront investment, but I think the return on investment is really high, especially for someone like you or I who's really uh, invested in becoming inspired by the equipment that we have I mean, that's this whole list right i mean they're they're just objects but if you can find a way to become inspired by it to to better your meals and better 
get better liquid profiles or flavor profiles in your meals. Like it's, it's just a blender. Yeah. But it's also not just a blender, you know, it's kind of finding that line between just a tool and not a tool. Well, and, and using it, I think looking at when we were making this list, these are things that we're using every day. And I think that's Mm -hmm. the key to a great tool is you're using it. Like no tool is doing anything. It's not serving any purpose when it's just sitting there. And that's sad. The background tools are sad. They, they want to be played with. It's like our, our Woody doll that's now sitting in in the closet. You know, he wants to be played with, but we're too old, right, Sean? <laughs> yep. <laughs> we're never Maybe too not. old. We're we're little kids at heart. Yeah, we're we're real. little kids. I'm playing with my my <laughs> kids' toys. Are you kidding me? I'm playing like Hot Wheels with my my son right now. I love it. It's just amazing. All right. So you got any more things you're you're wanting here, my man? Yeah. Yeah. Real simple. Um, I just want a good, durable wood spatula. I think that's something I'm on the hunt for right now. Um, oh, I have yeah. an okay wood spatula. Uh, it's just not what, great. What type? So I really want something with a sharp-ish, as sharp as wood gets, a sharp edge that allows me to get under something. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. But it needs okay. to be, I don't want it to be any crazy angles. I really just want it to be a straight spatula with a nice sharp edge and something that with a, a tip. So the one that I have that I really like is a flat spatula that at the end is kind of lobe shaped. So it comes 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 to a point on one side, which allows me to flip things really easily, flip eggs, flip pancakes. But it's got like a quarter inch edge on it, which when I try and scoop under stuff, it just pushes things around. I need mm. something with a finer point to actually get underneath stuff. Cause I've been trying to stick with wood from a cast iron because it is so new. I don't, I'm not comfortable yet using the wood utensils. I haven't built up enough of a, a layer on there to feel like I'm protected. Um, so I'm trying to stick to wood, but that's, that's something that's on my list. Um, you know, for uh, my current wants, which actually, you know, is kind of something that goes to, I'm trying to find the wood equivalent of what is my all time favorite tool for cooking. And it's, I have a plastic stiff spatula and it's an incredibly unique spatula and you can't find it anymore. Um, My mom has had it, I think for over 20 years. And then my grandpa actually had one in his attic when he was cleaning his house out that I think he's had for over 40 years. I mean, it's this crazy old spatula that nobody makes anymore. And mm. I absolutely love it. I use it to make everything with it. So uh, I just, I need to find that equivalent in a, a good wood spatula. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to drop you, drop you a line here, Sean. I actually found this brand not too long ago. It's uh, a sub, a budget brand of William Sonoma. So okay. if you're, familiar with cooking you're probably familiar with william sonoma listeners Mm -hmm, and and it's it's in every mall now you may be like what the heck is that which kind of is what i am but they have a uh, a budget brand called open kitchen and i'm actually a big fan i have this spoon sean it's a beechwood um angled spatula flat but i've been really impressed and again i think it's worth a look around the open kitchen uh, website just because okay. they may have the the wooden spoon you're looking for. The other one I do have is uh, I, FSC wood. I don't know really what that. Oh, it's walnut. It's a but it's a standard wooden spoon, walnut wooden spoon. The dimensions are just 
perfect. Mm. I mean, it is like, and that for me, that's what it's all about. It's like getting these uh, dimensions on deck that just make you want to use it is, mm-hmm. is really a big part of the tool list for me. So I'll link that one as well. And um, I, I recommend both of them. They're not, ex- they're not super expensive. I mean, that one's more expensive because it's actually a Williams-Sonoma product. Mm-hmm. which is the way they get you right you go to the open oh, yeah. you go to the open the budget option and then all of a sudden you're like oh but we had a gift card for this one so it was uh <laughs> it was gift card money well well spent thank you <laughs> um friends and family for that so i actually have another one as well and i good luck on your search sean i i think thank you i have enjoyed my wooden spatula so hopefully maybe you can try that one out or at least go into a wooden uh a wooden Sonoma store. A, wo- a wooden Sonoma. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and maybe give it a feel. Uh, but I have that one. I'm also interested in upgrading my one of my all-time favorite uh, ex- tools is actually my wood grain cutting board. I hmm. use it every single day, hands down, every yep. single day. It's an all-time favorite, uh, but it's small. I have a sizable one, it thickness wise. It's about a two inch thick platform, and that's huge, okay. listeners. Yep. Getting your knife off of the, getting it up off of the just something about it being raised and having your work platform really helps, and it helped me a ton. Um, but the but the problem is it's smaller. I think it's probably like a six by twelve. Mm-hmm. It's it's not huge, and I I could use more. I mean, I could use maybe like a foot by three feet or two feet. Like I want to have the full countertop be wood. I mean, practically. So, and I know they make those. So anyway, I, I've been trying to find, there's a couple brands that I've been looking into. I'm not sure yet which one I want to pull the trigger on, but uh, it's definitely on my list of, and that, that kind of rounds up my, uh, my want list. Actually, most of my want list listeners is <laughs> is cooking stuff. So if that I think says that, anything, that's, that's how it ends up working out. I think once you start getting into food, it's one of those areas where there's always so much more you can learn, so much more you can do. It's a absolutely fascinating realm to get interested in to be to turn it into a hobby because there are so many resources for you to learn like i've never had a nice wood grain cutting board i've only ever had honestly crappy you know bottom of the line target ones that we've bought because it's it's what we're used to it's what i grew up with so it's what i'm you know it's what i get but i do know (laughs) what you get sean (laughs) what i get but i do know like having a really good like the the two inch i agree getting it up off the this the counter is really good um yeah, I need. I also need a good uh, cutting board. A friend of mine, a few years ago, uh, I think, um, actually got one of those ones. I saw it on Instagram. One of the ones where it actually sits over the stove, so it's a lifted one because he has a small kitchen, and so he was putting it on his stove. Um, wow! To kind of give him more counter space. It was a huge cutting board that could go on the stove. Yeah, it was really cool. Wow! No, that's a great idea. Holy moly! Yeah, I know. I mean, these things are just, it's just so great. I mean, there, there's so many options out there. There's so much ingenuity around and, and that's all it takes is people to be excited and then 
bada bing, bada boom, you, you've got so many options out there. So really yep. explore this area of the tools that you're interested in. Obviously we've laid out our framework and honestly, Sean, uh, I think this is going to round out the episode here tonight because we, mm-hmm. <laughs> we have rattled on about <laughs> our cooking tools for, for practically an hour here. And you know what? That's okay. Because I think this is, this just shows how one area of your tool belt can be so fascinating and fun to talk about. We're going to keep going on this train. We've got hiking tools we want to dive into later on this year. We've got other areas of our hobbies that we're getting more tools in. I know Sean wants to talk about some of his great Christmas gifts he's he's got this year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we have a ton of other content related to the tools we're using. And again, this is based on experience. You may wonder who are these guys and why do they love talking about this stuff? It, you know, this is all, I mean, for Sean and I, this has been years of diving into cooking but still learning and being willing to learn. We want to learn from you guys. So if you have any tips, things we missed, maybe just, hey, I really like using that too. Feel free. Send us a line. Contact us at our website. We have a Q&A on there. We've also got, uh, obviously, the Gmail account, which is a direct link. So we will link all of the things we talked about tonight in the show notes. And we hope you've, you found something valuable here because again, we don't want to lose. This isn't just about talking. We want to provide you guys with valuable tips and, and inspiration and passion for starting your own cooking journey. We're big fans of it. So Sean, thanks for being here tonight. Thank you as always for taking the time to walk, walk me and the listeners through your favorites, your wants, and I'm excited to keep going in on this same train of thought into the year. I think this yep. will be very valuable. And anything else to add before we shut it down tonight? No, other than I can't believe that we seemingly every week find something to just go off on a tangent about. And it's amazing to be able to sit and <laughs> just talk about this stuff. <laughs> so, just um, just I, wait. I look... <laughs> I look forward to, to moving on to some of the other hobbies too that we've talked about, you know, hiking and, um, you know, just all of the new tools we're really bringing into 2023 and, you know, just that are, are bringing the passion back into some of this stuff. I think it's so crucial to focus in on that and, you know, do things that make you happy. Oh my goodness. And that's what we want to end it with right there. Let's do things that make us happy, listeners. Come on. You have a wonderful week. We thank you for listening. We thank you for taking the time. Please leave us a five-star review. Ring that bell. And until next time, you know where to find us at the How to Hobby Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the How to Hobby Podcast. We hope you enjoyed what you've heard. And if you did, please don't hesitate to give us a five-star review and or follow us wherever you digest your podcast. We'll catch you next time. And wherever you are, we wish you the best. Thanks for listening.